0: Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes coronavirus is bringing to our Chinuch system, some of which may never be the same again. which has given us a break, to pause and reflect about the past few weeks of what we're now calling distance learning, and to look forward on what will be coming in the weeks ahead. On this show, we'll be speaking with Rafal Alter of Toronto, who together with his partner, Rabbi David Kestenbaum, have created a revolutionary classroom program that is changing the way kids are learning limudei Kodesh. Now here's the thing, as a people, we have always been very resistant to change. We're accustomed to saying, new things are to be avoided at all costs. That's why as a community, we have always been very against using modern technology and the internet, except when absolutely necessary. But that's changing in front of our very eyes. Distance learning is forcing us to consider things that have been unthinkable just a few weeks ago. You see, the kids have been learning, many kids have been learning in schools that have absolutely forbidden the use of Zoom or computers, and they were only teaching over Taramasara's telephone conference system. And when we, as, as we spoke with Rabbi Carmel last, last time in the last show, he said that, uh, that, that, that there's been very mixed results from these telephone conferences. Children find it difficult to concentrate when hearing a teacher speak over the phone. And that's especially true with younger grades. So that's forcing him to consider the option of using video conferencing and Zoom, which many modern Orthodox schools have been doing for a long time, and even many traditional right-wing schools have started using. But that forces the kids to have to get Internet. Many homes don't have Internet. Many teachers or a BAME don't have Internet in their home. And by switching over to Zoom, they're going to be saying, okay, now all the parents, all homes have to have Internet in order for the kids to learn. You see, if this whole coronavirus thing only lasted for a week or two or three, we could get away with it. But as you all know, more, more and more states are announcing that school is going to be closed for the rest of the year. And it doesn't seem possible that yeshivas or, or beis are going to be able to open before public schools do. So to go for a third or almost half a year without learning properly is unthinkable. In a child's life, a half a year is a lifetime. And that's forcing us to consider having to do things that we never would have done otherwise. As you'll hear from speaking with Rafal, you're going to be seeing a lot of innovation from Jewish companies, Jewish brains being put to use to come up with innovative solutions to how to accomplish the task of teaching Jewish children from a distance, but also maintaining and making sure that everything is done properly and with the right safeguards. David Lichtenstein is very fond of saying over the story of the Chazanish, that when they started the Talmud Tayyarism in Bnei Brak, in the 30s, uh, many, they, they, they started teaching in Hebrew. And they were using Ivrit to teach the children. And people came to the Chazish and complained and said, You're teaching in Ivrit? We, we always taught in Yiddish. clients are always taught in Yiddish in Europe. Why are you changing the language? Why are you using the Zionist, the Tame language of the Zionists? And he answered, the Chazanish answered and said, When you, when you fight a war and the army who you're fighting against is a modern country and they have tanks and machine guns and planes and you come and fight with horses and cavalry and swords, you're going to lose the war. You have to fight with the weapons of that era. Today's battle is not about language. Today's battle is about ideas. If you're going to insist on using Yiddish as your weapons, you're going to lose the war. You need to fight with the tools of today. You need to fight the enemy on their own turf. Today the battle is no longer about the internet. It's up to us to rise to the challenge and put our brains to come up with ideas on how we could be Mekhanich, our children, in the best possible way. People like Rafal and others like him are going to come up with such innovative solutions that are not only going to help us teach our children from a distance, but might make a lasting impact in the way Chinuch is done, even when things come back to normal. Just as an update to a previous episode, when we spoke with Rabbi Posey of Teretamima, he said he was debating about using Zoom video conferencing for his yeshiva, Teretamima, And at the time, he wasn't sure if they were going to go in that direction or not. As of today, he announced that his yeshiva is going to be going over to Zoom after Pesach. They sent out an email to all the parents. And they are going to be using the tablet device that is mentioned in this upcoming show that only has Zoom on it. So it seems like at least her Tamima is going that direction. And I expect that many other yeshivas will follow suit soon after Pesach. Let's go to our interview. I'm speaking with Rafal Alter of Toronto, who has built and is the managing partner of an educational software company. His company has developed the LOMDE program that is being used in 40-plus schools. Welcome, Rafal. How are you, Aaron? Good to speak to you. So uh, it's already a few weeks into the coronavirus outbreak, and yeshivas are scrambling on how to properly educate the children while they're not able to to attend school. Um, What's the current state of affairs? Uh, Now now we're we're during Pesach, so there's a little bit of a break, but uh, the, the, the way things have been going until now and where you see things going in the next few weeks. So... I'm going
1: to give you a little bit of a perspective from my point of view in terms of how I've been dealing with schools and how schools have been reaching out to me. And even on a personal level, the school that my kids go to, Eitz Chaim Schools in Toronto, um, how they connected with me and how I've watched the process of teachers really adjusting um, without really any preparation at all to the reality that we are living in today. Um, I, I would tell you like this. When, when, when this whole out, outbreak came about, um, wh- I, I watched as schools started closing. And when the schools started closing, the teachers, and this was probably about three weeks before Pesach, the teachers had envisioned that at the time when, when it was closing, that this would maybe go on for a week, for two weeks, maybe maybe in, into Pesach. This, again, this was right when it started. And so e- even though they had to sort of re- re-learn everything in terms of how they were going to approach the teaching that they did for their students, I think they felt that this was something that was going to be short-lived and they would sort, sort of try to just get through it and then be able to go back to the classroom, whether it be before Pesach or after Pesach. And so when they approached this right at the beginning I think there was a, a lot of confusion which was understandable and a lot of a lot of new learning that the teachers needed to do in order to start connecting to their students and that as I watched this specifically in the school that my kids go to and I'm sure this really ha- happened across the board in other schools is finding ways of engaging the kids over the course of the day, and be, being able to try to maintain as much as possible a structured day, whether it be in the Mudeh Kodesh or in the I think that once, maybe a week or a week and a half passed um, into the sort of this three week period, the teachers in the school started to realize that this may not go away as fast as they originally thought. And so, I, I watched this sort of in real time, where after about a week, the, the, the schools and the teachers really sort of had to get together and start thinking strategically about how to better present and provide the material and the interactions with their students. So, for example, I know that in, in the school that my kids go to, at Eitzchayim, they actually put out a survey to ask parents. Who were short devices? Because again, at the end of the day, one of the challenges that the schools had was even if the kids are, let's say, they're they're in a Zoom classroom, and the rebbe's, you know, the rebbe's providing the sheer via Zoom or whether it's pre-recorded, most families don't have five, six, seven devices, right? So what they what the schools needed to also figure out was how to schedule this in a way to make sure that every child was getting on at, the, at a particular time that was not conflicting with their siblings. And at the same time, did do the children in the houses you know, have their own devices or are there enough devices to be able to sustain this type of learning? So a school like Itsheim actually sent out a survey asking parents if they needed more devices, and we were able to secure a large amount of devices at a relatively cheap price, in order to allow parents to get more devices to allow them to, to have their, their their children participate in this type of distance online learning. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, so I, as I was saying, as as that sort of that week and a half or two weeks into this in into this new reality set in, schools started starting started to adjust, I would say, in terms of looking at how they can better provide the information and a more structured sort of schedule for the the children and for their students because if they were doing this for a week or two, they felt like, okay, maybe we can wing this and it's new for everybody. But if this is something that is going to sort of be with us for the foreseeable future, we have to sort of get a a little bit more structured. There are a whole bunch of schools, it's Chaim included, that have been using iPads iPads are actually good devices because they can really be locked down. There's a program called Meraki. I'm not sure it's around anymore, but the program Meraki is', is it's so sort of set it's, it's sort of central and it, it lives let's say in the office and the person that controls this Meraki program can control every single iPad device and in theory, you can just you can have pretty much nothing on the iPad except for the programs that you want so again, just another Just, just just another um, sort of indication that the school is ready to use the technology, but in a very restricted
0: way. Okay. Now, so before we we speak, I want to hear a lot about uh, your your program, the day program, how it works, and how it fits into this whole situation. So, before we get there, I just want quickly: Do you see more and more schools um, adopting some of the more modern technology way of teaching? even schools that have been very very resistant to anything relating to internet do you see that progressing and and moving in that direction so i will tell you that overall
1: and and again every school um, has the ability to um, decide how they want to oversee technology whether it be in the school or out of the school one thing that i will that i will tell you and i'm not here to advocate any position at all i'm just going to sort of lay out what i see in terms of how schools go about using the technology. So I would tell you the more modern Orthodox schools who have used technology in their schools and have probably even had uh, and continue to have students go home and continue doing their homework at home via the technology or via whatever they give them to take home, those schools were more prepared for what happened in this situation because although, yes, this, the, this, the, the students were displaced out of the classroom and had to be at home. But the infrastructure that these schools had in advance allowed them to, I think, more seamlessly um, just be able to continue as much as possible uh, to reflect the school schedule and the school day. Again, albeit not, not, in a, not in a school, but rather at home. I think for the more right-wing schools, for the more yeshivish schools, who do not have technology in their yeshivas or their base yakovs, it, it, it has presented more of a challenge in terms of how to go about engaging the kids in a way that is meaningful, in a way that they feel that they're part of the classroom. One of the big, one of the big areas that everybody has started, you know, one of the big technologies that everybody, everybody has started using, whether it be family members to each other, um, grandparents, siblings, schools, teachers, is Zoom. And Zoom has really, as we all know, has, has really helped in, in, in a major way for people to feel connected. And specifically in the school setting, what, I, what I've been seeing um, specifically in a school like Eitz Chaim, and I'm sure this has happened in a lot of schools, is either the teacher will pre-record something, and then they'll send it to the parents for the students to watch, or they'll have live Zoom sessions. And these live Zoom sessions, as for example, you know, my my, um, my son is in grade 8, and he's 13 years old, and um, his Rebbe it teaches them Gemara every day. So the Rebbe, the, the night before, will, will say, okay, we're, we're starting at 9.30 at 10 o'clock, and all the boys will put in the code, and they'll all be participating in this Zoom session, and the Rebbe will teach them the Gemara. The Rebbe has the ability to control the volume and the mutes, so he can, he can mute everybody. And at the same time, if he calls on, on one of the students, the stu- you know, he would unmute the student, and then the student can participate in answering the question or asking a question on the Gemara or whatever it is. I think the boys feel like they are participating in a classroom, Sort of, you know, sort of speak, but not in an actual classroom. But it gives them that sense of class, it gives them that, that sense of being together. And that's where teachers have used the Zoom, whether it be in Limode Kodesh or Limode or, Chol. Or, and I think it's very much, it's very much has helped in sort of maintaining and sustaining that ability for the Rebbe to. Um, as much as possible take take control of the class. I don't know if this applies to every single school. I did see a video um, out of a school in Miami where the rabbeim and this was a couple of weeks ago so it may, it may have changed, but the rabbeim were going into their classrooms. And remember, they have they have their classroom set up and they have their white their smart boards or whatever it is. The, at least they felt like they were giving a shear out of their classroom the kids were sitting at home, but at least the Rebbe can point to the bulletin board or to the or or can write something on 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 the smart board or whatever it is. I don't know. Like I said today, if that has changed and if schools have mandated that that um, or or people just don't want to go into areas where there's other people right now. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, that was happening in a couple of schools that I connected with, um, and the rabbis were giving their shiurim out of their. Out of their own classrooms, where I think there's a little bit more of a challenge is, like I mentioned beforehand, in schools that Nishivas or beis where they don't have the technology and where parents don't have the technology at home. Right,
0: very so, how- I was speaking with someone in Lakewood a few weeks ago who uh, was getting internet installed in his house for the first time, and uh, and and the the the, the optimum. Like Nisha said, hey, what's going on, you guys? I have 12 appointments in your neighborhood today. <laughs> so uh, apparently it's, uh, it's getting out there. Right, right. But,
1: but, but again, when it comes to these homes and these yeshivas, um, I, 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 I personally believe that this is a shah tzachak. And, you know, we have to engage our kids with their teachers, with their rabbim and their moros. And, you know, if this was something that was... Gonna, that was going to last for a week or two or maybe three. I don't think that um, these yeshivas would be looking for solutions because it would sort of come and go, and we were able to go back to normalcy. But I think the realization is that, like I said, we're in this for a little bit longer. Um, you know, probably till the end of the school year. So we're looking at another two and a half to three and a half months. You know, depending on if your if your boys go to yeshiva and there's there's, you know, yeshiva in July. We're talking about a three, three and a half months. For three and a half months of I, of, of kids getting on a phone and listening to their Rebbe, it's tough. It's. I, I would just say, you know, as a kid, to feel part of something, you know, it can be done. It can be done. But I think it's a little bit harder. What I've also heard recently, also through Torah Misora, and again, they've really been a leader over here, Is that there's a company i don't i don't remember the name of the company but there's a company that is offering parents the ability to buy a device that has nothing on it except for zoom and even the zoom is somewhat locked down and this device can be purchased and and the parents can have this device in their house and it will allow the rabbi to be able to give the shiurim through Zoom, where the kids will at least feel that they're part of something, they're seeing the Rebbe, they're, they're potentially seeing the other their other other classmates, and they're able to ask questions and dialogue and be able to do those type of things. So, uh, when you know when you talk about what yeshivas and beis are doing at this stage, I think that they're they're coming to the realization that you know to be able to engage the kids in a meaningful way, um, you know, they're going to have to come up with some solutions and, you know, to give credit to all those companies who are finding ways to provide those solutions for these parents, call a cover to them. Um, because you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation for everybody.
0: Okay. So tell us a little bit about your program Lomday day and how you came about to, uh, to produce that. Sure. So I've been working with, um, uh, um,
1: a, a re, actually a Rebbe for the last 30 plus years who is now a principal in Toronto. His name is Rabbi David Kestimam, um, a very out-of-the-box, super, super mechanic, excellent Rebbe, um, who for many, many years um, did things very differently in terms of engaging the kids in this class. And we, over the last 15 plus years, have created... Um, different programs that we have brought to yeshivas, Yakov's. We started with a music program many years ago um, that teaches kids how to play the piano that's being used across schools in North America, a lot of from schools, and in the public school system here in Toronto. And probably about eight years ago, um, we started focusing on a, a program specifically for Lemude Kodesh. Um, you know, we sort of looked and we said there was not a lot, there's a lot of programs out there when it comes to English programs, Eichol, math, science, English, that tracks progress, that adjusts for the kids as they move along, that really tracks the progress. Not a lot out there for Limud Kodish. So we went about um, uh, with a team of developers, and we built a platform that essentially focused on skill-building material where kids would go through the material, and I'll talk about that quickly in a minute, and would get feedback as they move along. And the teachers, the Rabbeim and the Moros, would be getting real-time, rich analytical data in order to understand where their kids are at, in order to service them. Now, we didn't just create a platform. We, we created and we continue to create a library, a huge library of content. And that content is Chumash, Mishnayas, Navi, Idios Klolios, Halacha, Yomim Tovim. And so what happens here is, is that as as, as, as I've mentioned, um, talking to Termasura many years ago, Tarmus has a program called org. When I was talking to the person who created org, her name is Mrs. Zephrin many, many years ago, and, and I had talked to her about the concept, she said, well, this sounds like, you know, org souped up. The idea here is, is that, a teacher, a mechanech or a mechanachas, can take the material that we've already created, they can bring it into their account, their own account, they could adjust the material easily so that they don't have to compromise on the way we created that material, whether it be how we broke down a pasuk of chumash, how we ask questions, answer belashan ha-pasuk, or answer and rashi. If they don't like the way we ask the question, or they don't like the way we broke down the pasuk, All they need to do is adjust it in a very easy way, and it automatically gets updated in the students' accounts. So we were always thinking about the teacher over here. And as the kids do that material, the kids get feedback, So they know what they're getting right and wrong. And we've actually tracked this over the years. The retention on the kids realizing what they got wrong helps them remember that mistake and they don't make that mistake going forward. So if they're doing a Pasuk in Chumash and they see their mistake right away and they fix it, and then the Rebbe gives them a test on that material a week later, we've gotten feedback that the kids remember that Pasuk now because they were able to see their mistake in real time. At the same time, the teachers get rich analytical data. And I, I'm a big proponent on, on data. And I believe every single mechanaka is today is looking for data. The technology is just a vehicle to get us to that data. The data is crucial. When a, when a, 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 when a teacher is able to understand where their kids in their class are at, and you are able to adjust for them, and you're able to, to help them out. There's no better way of, when we talk about individualized learning, when we talk about every kid at their level, we're talking about programs like LOM Day that give the opportunity for the children in the class to move at their own pace. We have also seen, I will tell you, we have also seen and we have gotten data that special ed kids in the classroom are being pulled out less when they are using programs like Lone Day because it adjusts for where they are up to. It gives them the feedback that they need. They are able to keep up in the class. And so instead of pulling them out, they are able to stay more in the classroom. Not only does that help them overall in their um, just, just in their overall confidence, but it also allows them to be able to keep up in the class and not miss out on the other areas that they would be missing if they were be- being pulled out more out of the classroom. So the LOMDE program was really meant in order to, and it was really focused on the skill building aspect of Lemude Kodesh in whatever, in whatever area we, we are talking about
0: and so, how, that's, so just a little bit, give, give a, little bit, a, a, a little bit more detail when you say that it's able to help the child develop at their own pace. Is it possible for a teacher to use the program in a classroom setting where the children are going to, are, are each one on, on, on all their individual levels, be able to learn at their pace? Absolutely. So if we want to get a little
1: more into the details over here, the teacher has the ability to send, to send the same type of material to all the students in the class. The teacher also has the ability to adjust the material in their own account and to send it discreetly to certain students without other students knowing. So again, when you talk about individualized instruction, there is a little bit more work on the teacher's end by having to create two or three or four different styles of that pusuk, but then they can send that pusuk to those five students and this style of the pusuk to those five students. And so every student is getting the information that they need at the level that they need. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talk about, individualized instruction. Okay. So you and have the, the...
0: The children are... Sitting, so how does it work? The children are sitting with computers? In the so,
1: so, right. So the way it works is is that the, the students are sitting... There's many ways it works. I'll tell you just very quickly how the gamut of... Teachers use this program, the Lomde program. There are Rabbeim that use this as a pre teach. So we'll have the entire class as an example. The Rebbe knows he's teaching these next 10 psukim parshas bow. So I want to see where the kids are at. I want to see if they can translate the psukim before I even teach it to them. There are Rabbeim that use it as a hazara for the whole class. There are Rabbeim that use it and Morus that use it in what we call a rotational model classroom. Um, I, this, is a, this is somewhat of a new style of teaching in a classroom being used in a lot of schools today. But essentially what it is, it's not teaching the entire class at the same time. The Rebbe teaches the Temp Sukkum to a smaller group of Talmudim, a little more personalized learning going on there. It's a smaller group. While the other 10 or 15 kids are on the devi- on each of their devices in their own account going through the material. And then after about 20 minutes, What you do is you flip the classroom and you start teaching to those 10 students who are on the devices and the other 10 students are now on the devices. So what's happening is, is that you're sort of, you're rotating or you're flipping the classroom, you're teaching to smaller groups, and you know that while you're teaching to that smaller group, the other kids are actually going through material and you're able to track that material afterwards. You're able to so see kids they did it or how they did
0: the it. Are the kids aware of which level they're on based on uh, when, when the teachers incorpor- or the Rebbe is incorporating them into the uh, instruction? No,
1: not necessarily. In other words, in other words, unless they talk to each other about what pasuk they got or how the pasuk was broken down, the Rebbe or the mora in theory can be sending out the dogma. If there's 20 kids in the class, in theory, they can be sending out 20 different styles of the Pasa. Now, that doesn't always, that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. But, you have, but you have the teacher really being able to differentiate. When we talk about differentiating the instruction, it's a beautiful world. word. It's an amazing concept. Uh, a teacher's one person. How do they actually make that work? So with a program like Lomday where everything is central in the teacher's account, and the teacher just has to adjust the material, and then open up their class list and send whatever they want to whichever student, that allows for differentiated instruction. And it allows for kids to stay in the classroom more and not to be pulled out as much as they were before. And these are the things that I'm watching happen in schools that are using Malone day, and the feedback that I'm getting from teachers who are calling and are saying you you are. Absolutely changing my classroom. You are changing the dynamic of my classroom. My kids so much enjoy it, but more importantly, I'm able to see where my kids are at. I'm able to track the progress. I'm able to see if I taught that concept, if the entire class missed it, or was it only a few students who missed it? And if those few students missed it, where did they miss it? Because I can go in and I can see in the report where they missed it, and I can go back and I can service them. I know exactly what they did. Another thing I just want to mention very quickly that teachers love about the LOMDA program, there's no marking. It's all self-marked. The bane of existence for teachers is marking. When teachers don't have to mark anything and the kids get the feedback right away and the teachers get the data right away, everybody wins. So homework and tests are done in Day? Absolutely. You could, the, 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 the reporting actually allows with a toggle of a button to actually see different data if you're doing it as a formative assessment, which gives kids the opportunity to try. And if they get it wrong, try again, or to see it as a test. So the teacher can be given the same exact material. They can be given Temp and Chumish as a Chazara. And then they could be given the same Temp and Chumish that Friday as a test. And when they look at their report, they will see two different sets of information. So, the, the and that's exactly how it is being used today by a lot of teachers. They are using it as a chazara, as formative assessment, as a way for the kids to get the feedback, understand what they did wrong, and be able to fix their mistakes. And they're also using it as a test.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Wow. So, a couple of weeks ago, Rabbi Niewitz from Torah uh, Masara sent out a letter. Sent out an email. Uh, advocating your program, the day program, and, and basically recommending it that that the yeshivas should look into it and, and and now use it in their instruction under the current situation that when uh, when teachers can't be teaching in person. So, how does your program help or fa- help facilitate education when teaching has to be done remotely? And how do you see it being used over the next few months by yeshivas and schools across the country?
1: Great, great question. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down into two parts. I'll talk about how I see it being used, and then I'll go back to what you mentioned about Rabbi Nayewitz. The way I see the Lomde program being used and the requests that I've been getting is sort of the, I would call it the dynamic duo of Zoom and then Lomde. Um, sp- specifically, again, I go back to my children's school in Eitz The way they have structured it is they'll give a Zoom class, whether it be live or whether it be recorded on the topic that they're teaching, whether it be a Chumash class, a Navi class, a Mishnah class, whatever it is. At, at, once they're done giving that class, that sheer, they then need to follow up with material to ensure that the children in the class understood what was being taught. So that could be done through worksheets or for th- things like that. But in order to make this easier for the teachers, and in order to make it a little bit more engaging for the kids, what I have been experiencing is is that teachers will, the night beforehand, send emails to the parents or to however they communicate this information and say, I want your children tomorrow, I want your child tomorrow to go onto their loan day account. I want them to go into Parsha's Vayishlach, go into the translation of psukim, go into the answer of and do these psukim, these temp psukim. The children then go into their account. They do the temp psukim. First of all, they get feedback. They're able to see what they did right or wrong. And then the teacher that night can go into the report and actually see who did the material and how did they do. So in, in a your typical classroom, that helps for a teacher to understand where the class is at. When it comes to distance learning, where there's no real way of tracking the information that was taught, there, a, a program like Day very much helps to facilitate that. So in a practical sense, what I've been seeing is, is that teachers will teach the material um, through Zoom and then they'll ask the students to follow up on the Lome day program to do that material to, for them to get feedback and for the teachers to get that, collect that data and be able to see A, who did it and B, how did they do it. And to go back to your question or your comment about Rabbi Unaiowicz, I, I will just tell you um, that w- when I, I had actually met Rabbi Niewicz last year in the summer um, with Rabbi Kestenbaum as well, with my partner, and we had shown him and Rabbi Klein at the time the Lomde program. And I think they really liked what they saw, um, but they had requested at the time that the program be, an op, be also available as an offline version, which is something that we have been working on. Just to explain what that means. The idea would be that you can be in a Yeshiva or in a besiakov that does not have any Internet in the building, um, except for maybe in the office, you know something like that. And the students would have a device. It's going to be an old laptop that has absolutely nothing on it, except for the Lomde Day program. There's no Internet on the laptop. It's not connected to anything. And what would happen is is that the students would open up their Lomde Day account. They would go through the material. And whenever, whenever the teacher or the school would take that device and reconnect it into a place where it has internet, the information would get sent through so that the Rebbe or the Moor could then view the report. And that, Rabbi Nayewitz said, I think would be helpful in order to promote this to schools, to yeshivas, to base Yaakovs, that don't have an infrastructure of Wi-Fi and don't want internet in their schools, which is completely understandable. Um, I think what happened was was that, you know, when when this whole situation started, Torah Mysora, like I said, really took a um, they, they took they took a strong position in terms of trying to help schools in any which way. And Rabbi Nayewitz, I think, came to the realization that a program like Lomde could very much help a yeshiva or a siakov, both for the teachers and for the students. So he sent out a letter really, um, I guess, strongly advocating or promoting um, that schools really look into the program. And I just want to say that, as, as many other programs have, have done so as well, this program is being offered for at no charge. It's a free program. Any yeshiva that wants to get in touch can. Um, there is no cost. What, when, when, when Rabbi Kestimam and I created the program probably about eight years ago, one of the things, and I tell this to every single school that I've been in touch with before this, this whole matzah started, was that I, I always end off the conversation when I first connect with the principal of the school, and I always say the reason why we connected, created this program was la hagdil Torah u And I told Rabbi Kestenbaum really, when this whole matzah started, There is no better time than to be able to help children um, and parents than than in in, in, in this situation and time that we're in. So we are absolutely standing firm on that and we are not charging and we are trying to help every school in whatever way they need to be helped.
0: Okay. Okay, so in general, uh, <laughs> what kind of opposition do you get to your program, when you or objections you have? Like, what's the most controversial thing about Lom Day that would you say that that maybe holds back more yeshivas and schools from adopting your program?
1: Okay, that's a that's a fair question. So I would tell you that before this pandemic started, we were working with almost forty schools. Um, most of the schools we were working with, like I mentioned before, and were set up, and they were not. They're not just modern Orthodox schools. There's a, you know there's a bunch of mainstream schools as well. If anybody wants to, and I, I will mention this a few times, if anybody wants to go on to LomDay.com, that's L-O-M-D-E-I.com, you'll be able, you're able to find our information and a, a list of schools who are participating. With a lot of videos of how teachers can grab material and how to send it to students. There's a lot of good material on the website, But I would tell you that a lot of those schools had the infrastructure to be able, and the infrastructure I mean is, I guess, Wi-Fi in 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 the class, right? For the ability for the data, for whatever they're using, to be sent. And again, these are these are schools that have restrictions. So these these are you know schools that the devices that they have in their schools are locked down with only a certain amount of websites that could be accessible. One of them being a day as an example, and there's enough devices to be able to go around. So generally, what I find is when working with these schools, the schools will have one cart or two carts of devices. And what they'll do is they'll just share them from classroom to classroom. And so the schools are set up to be able to use devices. And so they can can go ahead and they can find opportunities or programs that would work well in the setting that they have. I wouldn't tell you I'm getting opposition or resistance in the in the more yeshivish schools. I would just say that it's not a program that was really no gaya for them because they were not set up to be able to have these type of programs because they don't have Wi-Fi in their schools. and, and they Did don't you have ever devices. have any
0: conversations with principals about maybe uh, allowing so, submitted Wi-Fi just so that, that that they could gain the benefits of the program? Right. So, so
1: I, I would tell you that where where I think where I think a program like LOMDE can be useful in these type of schools would be I think to start in the resource room. I think a lot of these schools have resource rooms, and there are certain kids that are struggling and need extra help. And in, and and I'm familiar with a whole bunch of yeshivos that don't have Wi-Fi. In their entire building, but maybe have pockets of rooms where there are re- where there are resource rooms where they'll bring in kids to provide them programs that are available and that could help them. I think that's a good place to potentially start with. Um, again, did you have did you have any conversations with
0: principals about that?
1: I have, I have, and, and principals what the were, prin- 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 were open to that because again, if they already have a resource room that has the ability to have programs like this, why not take a program like Lomde for Lumude Kodesh to be able to help these kids? Uh, just, just a quick a- a- anecdote, just to tell you very quickly, I know you were mentioning about specifically personalized learning. There is one school, and I like to mention the school's name. There's one school in the five towns um, called Halb. A lot, of, a lot of people know that school. I work very, very closely with the school, specifically with Mr. Richard Alteby, who is a top, top principal and an excellent, excellent educator? And he, probably about two, three weeks before this outbreak came about, I would tell you towards the end of February, called me up and he sent me a text. He was so excited because he was tracking the second grade class that, um, that in terms of data and in terms of output for the last three years. Uh, the second grade class that, you know, that was Ludw Khumish. And this particular year, when they had incorporated the Lom Day program in that class of Khumish, he showed me that first of all, all the scores in the class were 10% higher. And that specifically, what he got really excited about, and then he has data, he has data, he it was on a spreadsheet, it was on a chart, that the special Ed kids, the kids that were falling behind were actually keeping up with the rest of the class because they were able to get that feedback right away and because the teacher was able to track the progress and be able to plug those holes faster. And that, as an educator, he got so excited about because he has actual data in his hands that proved, it doesn't have to be long day, but a program that allows that personalized and that individualized learning that that helps the kids learn and re- retain the information in a much better way. So a- absolutely, there is no question that throughout this entire difficult process, every school will come out with ways to better their education.
0: Okay, um, we, need to, we need to wrap things up. Just one more question. In, in terms of, of education, there's nothing that costs more to our community than the cost of educating our children. It's the most expensive thing. Uh, The costs range from $8,000 a kid to $20,000 a kid. Everybody knows how much tuition is and and, and how it still doesn't cover the entire cost. Do you see your program or program similar to yours bringing down the cost of education over the coming years?
1: A a wonderful question and a question that uh, I dabble with all the time. I think it needs its own its own interview. It's a question that, could, that we can spend an hour talking about. But just to give you sort of a brief overview, I will tell you that the, the style by which we are talking about in terms of individualized learning that is happening a lot in the schools that are using this, a lot in Limud Eichol, and slowly starting to creep up in Limud Kodesh. there's two schools of thought. There are the schools that are not looking To cut costs for tuition. Baruch Hashem, the families can afford the tuition. They're looking for the optimum, for the best style of education for their kids. And they're using these systems of what we call blended classrooms, rotational classrooms, individualized learning, because they want to offer their students the best style of education. There are other schools, like in the New York area. Um, a couple specifically that have engaged in this style of personalized learning in order to bring down costs. Now, I cannot tell you, I have not tracked this to be able to give you a definitive answer, but I, I can tell you if the style by which they do this rotational or blended learning that allows them to have larger classrooms and less teachers actually brings down their cost. It could be it does, I don't know for sure. But I will, like, like I said, what I will tell you is. That, that, in terms of edu- education for our children if if I were to tell you that the cost of education would not change, but the experience that your kids would have would grow exponentially, I think anybody, whether it 's a parent or administration or teachers, would say yes, I would like to look into this again. We go back to the question of how to apply it in yeshivas and in schools in the schools that are okay with the technology in their schools, that's what they're doing today. I think yeshivas that um, in the past were a little bit reluctant to look into these type of technologies, whether for hashkafic purposes or practical purposes, I think from this experience, will take a second look and see what they can do to apply to their school in a way that does not compromise their hashkafic viewpoint.
0: Very nice. This is a very good interview. Do you want to leave off with any closing thoughts? Well, I,
1: what, what I would just quickly like to say is like this. This has been um, really trying times for everybody. Like I mentioned beforehand, whether it be the schools in general, the teachers specifically who are, who are really working very hard to completely adjust the way they have been communicating and teaching to their students. And they really, really deserve a huge huge yasha for all, all for all their work um, they're really our they're really our heroes. the parents who have been having to balance continuing their work life or whatever life they're living in, whether it's whatever whatever daily whatever daily schedule they have to have the parents also help help the kids at the same time. what I would say is is that Although this has been trying times for everybody, one of the things that we always look for in any matzah, in any situation that we are in, is after the hardship moves on, what can we take out from the experience that we learned? And, And I hope that every school can look back on the experience that they have and be able to apply for the chinuch of our children to be able to apply whatever best practices they feel suit that school and that yeshiva and that Beis Yaakov to be able to provide a stellar education for the kids going forward.
0: Excellent. Very good. I really hope that that does come, come, in, uh, come to happen and uh, we all make the best of this situation, not only for now, but for the future. Absolutely. Okay, so how can people contact you to learn more about Lomdei and how they can get it possibly into their yeshiva in school? So the, the best way to contact, contact Lomdei
1: is by either going to Lomdei.com, that's L-O-M-D-E-I.com, and um, on the bottom of the homepage there is an email um, that is, it's my email, um, I'm the sort of the first contact that you would be contacting, and then it's a very very quick process. Um, when we talk about setting up a school in this time, um, and what has ha- practically happened is that I'll speak to a principal. The principal will invite or speak to the other te- any teacher on their staff that they feel would benefit from Lumday. I do a Zoom conference, it takes about 20 minutes. I show them the program. I set all the teachers up with accounts, and within two days. We, we, give, we have their accounts set up with all the materials that they requested, with all their kids' accounts for their, for their classes, and they're ready to start. There's no work that the teachers need to do at all in order to use the LOM day program. Once they have it, all they need to do is adjust the material if they want, and that's the extent of the work they need to do. So loamday.com. My email is Ralph, R-A-L-P-H, at loamday.com. And um, you can contact me. I will email you back and we'll, we'll set you up and get you going.
0: Excellent. Very good. It looks like uh, you have a, a great program. You're, you're putting a lot of work into it. And uh, hopefully soon we'll see uh, the, the results. Uh, we'll see it m- more widespread and, uh, and the results of your program. And, uh, and, and we'll see a lot more of it in many more schools.
1: Amir Hashem, um, If I if I can be a part of Every school, in whatever which way, I can offer and I can service the school. It would be a, it would be a pleasure. It would be an honor. And really, um, we, we are like I said, we are here. We are here to be partners with schools. We take everything the schools say very seriously. The request that the school asks us in terms of different features, it's always about the schools and the teachers and the kids. It's, a part, it's really, really a true partnership.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, Rafa. Good talking to you. Take care. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a podcast exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parnas. Special thanks to David Lichtenstein of Headlines, who inspired this show. Subscribe to the show by searching for Chinuch 2.0 on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also sign up for text notifications by sending the word Chinuch to the number 484848. For suggestions, comments, or guest ideas, please send an email to chinuch2.0 at yahoo.com Thanks for listening!